Live from the Heartland Mamas studios, this is the Heartland Mamas podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Henry. Uh, the Heartland Mamas podcast can be heard on all podcast platforms, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, proudly part of the Demcast USA network. And as of today, you have 299 days to save the USA to keep us from falling face first into fascism. And I hope you found Democratic candidates to work with, to help, to write postcards for, to make phone calls for, to hold coffees for, to do whatever you can do to get Democrats elected up and down the ticket, flip the ticket over and vote for your judges. Because this is, this is crucial. We, we are at, blah, blah, blah. we are at the very precipice a failure as a democracy if we cannot get this straight. So I want you to do everything you can. I know I'm busting my butt every day, so I hope you are too. And if you need a way to help, reach out to me. Reach out to your local Democratic office or your state Democratic office or the candidate of your choice and volunteer. Ask them what you can do. If you do one event a year, it'll help. I swear, it'll help. You wouldn't believe how grateful people are for volunteers. So we're going to go back to our very deep subject on Republican code words because Republicans deceive intentionally to stir up their base and get people to the polls on abstract thoughts, okay? But they use great buzzwords for these. And their buzzword number one is called labor shortage or labor crisis. And we really don't have a labor shortage or labor, labor crisis, except in low wage jobs where we don't have very many people working like fast food. So we need to understand that the Heritage Foundation, which is the advisor to um, CPAC and, and uh, the, the right arm to the Federalist Society, they help come up with these code words to help the Republicans like Jed Davis, who I'm running against have a platform to run on because they're really not running on their record. Their record is abysmal. They crash the economy every chance they get, and then they whine and cry about uh, the Democrats when we get in to, to fix things. So um, Jed Davis, the person I'm running against, does nothing, has passed, written, authored, done no legislation. He's done no work. And um, he just goes down to Springfield because he's in a vast minority, complains about the governor, co cashes a paycheck, and does nothing. He does nothing for his income, absolutely zero for our community. And that's how, when Republicans have nothing to run on, the only thing they can do is complain, right? So let's talk about these, this buzzword labor shortage this Heritage Foundation brainchild. Because, see, this goes back to Ronald Reagan. Reagan had um, an advisor named Milton Friedman. And Reagan, he loved to bend Reagan's ear. And Reagan listened to him all the time. And I, I swear Reagan had dementia before he took office the first time, but he was an actor and he could read a script, right? So Friedman would give him basically a script on who should have things and who should not have things. And Reagan, because I don't think he was a smart man, he was just good at reading scripts, just followed along with whatever he was told to do. So that's, that's Reagan in a nutshell. I mean, I can't imagine he would be able to come up with all of the diabolical stuff that happened under his administration all by himself. I, I just don't see it. And I want to apologize up front here to my TikTok subscribers. You're probably not going to get this entire cast. You're probably going to have to find the rest of it on YouTube or uh, download the podca podcast to hear it. I, but I, I just want to do this one 
uninterrupted all, all the way through, and it's going to take about 18 minutes. So, um, but Friedman felt had a very strong opinion on who should be educated and who should not be educated. The haves and have-nots were really important to him. Um, he felt the poor were really not worth educating. And that's because he thought they would feel they were above doing something he called menial labor, meaning jobs in hospitality, fast food, janitorial, trash collection, um, making Jed Davis's lattes, you know, all sorts of things like that. Um, Friedman felt that if education cost people money, that only the wealthy would go to school. And and that's for private schools. And, and my opponent does have his own private Christian school. So that's part of that philosophy right there, that not every child deserves to be educated, even though private schools claim that they can be. They, they will limit people with disabilities. They'll limit people that aren't cookie cutter people. They'll limit uh, on religion, on, on ethnicity. There's all kinds of things that they will limit on, even though they say that they won't they just won't provide services or accept their enrollment. So they they go around it in a real backdoor way. It's real sneaky. But this is why I fought so hard to get rid of the voucher system here in Illinois. Illinois is above a voucher scam. We are above that. We had one crappy Republican governor. Of course, he pushed that through and uh, took us all this time to undo it. And this year or last year, we got rid of it. Thank God. But so because that was a Milton Friedman thing, you know, he wanted to make sure school cost too much and poor people wouldn't be able to go to school so that we would have an unending supply of menial workforce. So um, in, in he also believed that Milton Friedman believed and convinced Reagan to believe that uh, higher education costs should be prohibitive and that they should destroy the labor union so that people would do menial work eagerly out of desperation and uh, no longer uh, do the working poor have just one job. They have multiple jobs. They usually cobble together low-wage jobs with no benefits just to survive just like Friedman wanted and believed was the best system. He believed in a feudal system or a caste system um, would be the best thing for the United States. And we know that is wrong. Um, and see, for low-wage workers, the pandemic changed our view of what they mean uh, to us as a society. We realized rather quickly that our frontline essential workers, those checking our groceries, working at the gas stations, um, collecting the trash, all those menial jobs, as Friedman called them, they were really our frontline valued workers that we needed greatly in order to just survive. Uh, so they got raises and they got benefits and preferred hours and regular schedules so that they could work only one job. And then they got to play with their kids or go to uh, watch their kids play at the park or watch them play ball or see their concerts at school or attend parent-teacher conferences. Um, a lot changed for low-wage workers. And then we had you know, the after inflation uh, or after uh, pandemic inflation issue. So that kind of offset the wage increases and we're working on that right now. Um, so 
with these essential workers, these frontline workers, these menial workers, as Friedman called them, they no longer had to cobble together two, three, four jobs and make, uh, you know, coffees and lattes and French fries for for Jed Davis. Um, So the Republicans have decided that must mean uh, there's a labor shortage. Uh, now, here's their other idea. Now, the first in our first episode of this two-parter, we talked about how forcing women to give birth and preventing them from ha- having health care would be their first uh, uh, dog whistle on this issue. And their next dog wish- whistle on this issue is to undo 80 years of keeping kids in school by preventing them from being in the workplace um, and allowing them to work up to 40 hours a week. So they can work 80 hours or eight hours a day, uh, like they do in Arkansas and Iowa and New Jersey and New Hampshire, um, where kids as young as 14 can work in construction, fast food, meat processing, warehouses, manufacturing, hazardous waste. Um, So that they do that eight hours a day and say they do stay in school. So they go to school eight hours a day. That gives them eight hours a day to sleep and do their homework. I think that's not adding up. That's not adding up to some a child who's successful, right? So in a lot of those states, they've allowed them to drop out as young as 14 so they can join the workforce because they've manufactured this worker shortage, right? So um, so they can drop out, and this creates a, a new labor uh, a, a new labor force and creates a pathway to permanent poverty. The caste system, these become the untouchables, like they refer to them in India. Um, But this same caste system allows people like Elon Musk to be at the top of the caste so that he can keep shooting rocket ships to other planets because he's in the process of destroying the Earth. So he's going to have to have someplace to go, right? Because he's crazy. Um, And the whole thing is eventually this gives way to a feudal system, like in merry old England, of lords and ladies and uh, ladies of the court and peasants. And that's what they want for our kids' future. Peasants. They want us to be peasants. See, the Republicans see um, our kids' future as one of servitude and subsistence. So just scraping by, they they used to say the noble poor, and that's the dogma that was spoon-fed to my dad when he was raised during the Great Depression by the Republican Party. Um, They opposed, the Republican Party opposed FDR's New Deal. Um, The New Deal was able to lift people out of poverty to end the Great Depression and put Uh, people into permanent prosperity through jobs, education, social safety nets like Social Security, labor unions, and forward thinking. So in order to make people refuse to take those services, refuse to take those jobs, they would tell them, well, it's noble to be poor. It's noble to be poor. I had to listen to that dogma from my dad all the time growing up. And listen, he was a very successful man. You know, he was he was a, an engineer. He was a, a pioneer in, in pollution control. Um, you know, he made a high six-figure job or four-figure, five-figure job when I was in high school. I mean, you know, they called it the upper middle class when I was a kid. And uh, my parents were very much part of that. So um, so he had to learn to, to get that stinking thinking of noble poor out of his head. And it, it took a lifetime. I don't think he ever got it out of his head. 
But um, the Republicans have been trying to kill the New Deal and Social Security ever since 1933. They hate social safety nets. And um, in it, this issue is not unlike the, the desire to have student loan forgiveness. Um, Betsy DeVos apparently needs a third island and uh, to call her very own. She holds a market share of these outrageously compounding interest student loans. I mean, they've made her filthy rich, her and her family. I mean, filthy rich. The, the, we, there was just a study released, and we'll talk about it on another day, about how being that wealthy actually is like having brain damage. Seriously. So, uh, and, and we'll talk about that. You can Google it in the meantime. Um, so the Heritage Foundation-based Republicans, which are people like my opponent, um, the answer to a tight labor market is to, one, force women to give birth, and they'll need 15 years from conception to full-time low-wage worker, but they love to play, Republicans love to play the long game. You know, we're still we're still suffering from Reaganomics here all these years later. And I came of age under Reaganomics. So it's been a long time, you know, for 40 odd years of Reaganomics. And we're still dealing with the effects. Right. So um, so they feel the Republicans feel if they can force women to have to give birth by preventing them from having health care and family planning advice and preventing them from having abortions, that in 15 years, they'll have new workers um, to, to, to work in the workforce, low-wage jobs, because they want to do away with child labor laws. And without the ch child labor laws and without health care and family planning and birth control and abortion access, these low-wage workers will be cranking out more low-wage workers yearly in perpetuity. That's the plan. That's the plan. We might as well be Borgs from the Star Trek. You know? So the Republican Republican feel that workers have too large of an advantage over corporate America right now. Um, they feel that workers need to be taken down a peg or two so that they are begging for jobs. Any job. At any wage with no benefits because they are so desperate. And the Republicans want to do this by crashing the economy. And you've heard this from Donald Trump's old own mouth saying he wants to crash the economy this year just so he can get himself and other Republicans elected. What a horrible thing to wish for your own country that their economy crashes. I, I can't imagine saying, well, gee, I hope your economy crashes. I mean, what the hell? These are people we're talking about. These are these are people. These are your your fellow citizens of this country. And you want to crash their economy so that they lose their homes and their jobs and, and have to struggle to make ends meet again? I mean, come on, Donald Trump. That is so cruel. It's a bleak and disturbing goal. Um, but we're just peasants to the Republicans. We are just peasants. Low-wage low workers are peasants. And all they are good for is cranking out babies to join the workforce. That's all they see. They, the Republicans think they're cogs in this wheel um, and that they'll be spared from all of this, that it will just be the Democrats, the liberals that ha will have to do all the work. But few of them are rich enough to escape this. I mean, 
At best, they're merely thousand years, and they'll be subdued into servitude as soon as they have the working class uh, in line. And um, that's the plan. So the Heritage Foundation, their plan is to get those making five and six figure salaries to think to think they're rich and then in reality they're not not rich like like billionaires and real millionaires are not at all okay um but it sure gets them to work really hard for wealthy people when they think their five and six figure salary makes them rich it makes them part of the the uh, upper class uh and they're not and then they tie in um some evangelical prosperity gospel right and the damnation of those that are not cookie cutter human beings and by golly you have an army of haters ready to deliver the masses to the rich the insatiable rich on a blood-soaked platter, workers on demand. So that's a real meaning of the Republican dog whistle of labor crisis or labor shortage. That's what it truly means. Um, it means to subdue and subject and to make the rich richer. The Republicans already had their golden calf in Donald Trump. They have been taught to worship the wealthy like, like gods, like demigods. And wealth above all else like wealth is the measure of a person's worth their soul's worth is is your bank balance okay the measure the only measure of a human being in a republican's mind is what they have in the bank right how much money they make how much money they donate to the republican causes um even at the sake of the planet even at the sake of humanity, the Republicans are bowing and scraping to the wealthy's every whim, hoping to gain favor and not even noticing that America's mayor and the fluffy pillow dude have all been bankrupted financially and morally for following the Donald Trump cause. The Republicans had their blinders on and they're going to forge ahead. Look, if they were really so concerned, we have tens of thousands of eligible migrants that qualify for work visas. If it was so urgent to get their damn cups of, of coffee and french fries faster, uh, they would fast track these migrants that qualify, the ones that qualify. Now, of the migrants that came, um, not all of them qualify for work visas. Not all of them qualify to be in this country. So uh, that's something we got to get straightened out. But see, if they let them get work visa, that means brown people might work in their all-white community, and they could not accept that. Um, the migrant crisis is another dog whistle that we'll be discussing this week. Um Another crisis brought to you by the Republican Party. First, Reagan effed it up royally. Uh, and then your, your buddy and mine, our favorite crocodile crying uh, former Speaker of the House, John Boehner, made sure this would be a crisis. And then there is zero, I mean zero, authentic desire by the Republicans to address this issue when they get so much free press over it. Uh, they will continue to endorse human trafficking, uh, I mean, busing of migrants all over the far-flung reaches of this country because they get press. Um, and that's for another day's discussion, and that one's called From Bracero to Bungle, the Republican Screw-Up of the Southern Border and Immigration.
And so from the edge of the Great Red Divide, this has been the Heartland Mamas podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Henry. Remember to vote blue no matter who, because I'm telling you, the Republicans have come up with more dystopia than any dystopian novel you have ever read. So I want to bid you a good night. Take care. See you tomorrow.